for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. In this week's message, the Archbishop shares deep revelational truths about the virtues and benefits of waiting on the Lord. Discover new spiritual prayer strategies for your deliverance and your breakthrough through trying situations. Discover more on prayer tactics at this year's Global Prayer Work Summit in Connecticut on the 19th to the 22nd of July. Register now at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's word of deliverance for you. Be empowered as you listen. God deals with every one of us at a different merit. Never forget that. Never expect God to deal with you on the basis of how he deals with me or anyone else. God deals with every one of us on a different merit. And sometimes people say that God is not fair. It's not true. God is fair. The Bible said that every man is rewarded according to their works. See, I hear you. And the Bible also says every man sows what he reaps. He, he reaps what he sows. Every man reaps what he sows. So what you sow is what determines what you reap. So your harvest is determined by your seed and what you sow. So keep that in mind. When David sinned, he committed pre, he committed some very serious things and if you look at scripture very carefully, Ahitophel, his number one counselor, and his son Absalom, felt like God was not fair. And that God, how can David do what he has done? He premeditated adultery and he premeditated murder. And we expect you to embarrass him, remove him from the throne, replace him with immediately to show that you are fair. But God didn't do that. God punished David but kept him on the throne as king over Israel. And Ahitophel, one of the wisest men that ever lived, Ahitophel had depths, he carried more depths than Solomon. And one thing that some of you may not know, Ahitophel was the grandfather of Solomon. Ahitophel had a daughter. And the daughter gave birth to Solomon. And Solomon walked in that wisdom of his grandfather, even though God gave him wisdom, it was something in his DNA. So he was a son of a king and a grandson of Ahitophel, the man from the land of Gideon, who the Bible said that when you heard Ahitophel, it was as if one has heard the oracles of Jehovah. That was how deep the guy was. And the Bible said the good counsel of Ahitophel, that none of his counsel fell to the ground. Everything he predicted came to pass. His word never fell to the ground. That was how deep Ahitophel was. And we expected that God would have removed David from the throne, but he didn't. And some of the reason why God does these things is God is very particular about his business. Very, very particular about his business. And, and I'm sharing my heart with you because I think you need to hear me very well to help a lot of you. And if any one of you want Christianity to do well, 
in the next 30, 50 years, then you have to serve God. You have to serve God and serve him well and right for the sake of your kids also and posterity. That posterity don't judge us. God will always bless us for the benefits of others. And the place of maturity in our walk with God is when God can entrust you with a gift, with an anointing, with blessing, with substance for the benefits of others. That even when you are hurt and offended by the very people you are to bless, that you will not withhold the blessing from them because the blessing was never meant for you. The anointing was never meant for you. The gift was never meant for you. It was meant for them. It's for their benefit. So even when they hurt you, you cannot hold it back from them. You can't withhold it because you are a trustee. You are a custodian. You are a steward of anything, everything you have. We are possessors of nothing and stewards of everything. And so whatever we own, whatever we have, is for the benefit of others. And Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Please understand that Jesus is not building your house. He's building his church. And he's not coming for your house or for your kids. He's coming for his church. And his church is different from the house you are building. And anybody that builds his church with him will always be in his good books. And the only reason why Jesus will bless you and I and protect us and favor us is so that we are empowered through the anointing and the blessing and the favor he gives us to build his house with him or to help him build his house with the gift, with the blessing, with the favor, with the finances. Everything he gives us is given to us so that we can partner with him to help him build his house. Keep that in mind. Don't forget that. That is the only reason why God blesses you and I, and that is what qualifies us and gives me the audacity when I stand before God to pray and ask for anything. It is your value and your usefulness to God's house and to God's agenda and to God's church that determines the way God deals with you and treats you. So David did something wrong and Ahithophel and his own son expected God to deal with him in a particular way and God said, no, 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 no. I will deal with him. But in my way, I will have mercy on whom I will. Compassion on whom I will. That's God. Not him that willeth nor runneth, but God that showeth mercy. Then came Hezekiah. The prophet came and said, Hezekiah, set your house in order. That says Elohim, you're going to die. You won't make it. You're going to die. Set your house in order. And Hezekiah went to God and said, God, you don't need me in heaven. You have too many angels and people there doing nothing, waiting for the final show. So you don't need me there. You need me here right now. And you know in the congregation, people really don't love you. They don't care about you. Look at what I do for your house. Check, check the records. See what I do for your house. And God said he's right. Keep him there. And he lived for 15 more years. It was his usefulness and his value that determined God's response to the man in the time of his need. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. And then leprosy came upon Miriam but God spared and deferred the judgment of Aaron because of his value and usefulness as the high priest to the children of Israel. Then Dorcas died. And the Bible said when Dorcas died and they called for Peter to come and resurrect Dorcas, a lot of widows stood by her body showing Peter her good works. You are, you are not saved by good works, but after you are saved, you need good works in the house of God. Good works don't give you salvation. But after you have salvation, good work is necessary for longevity and for daily survival and preservation before God. Now hear me. The Bible said, and many widows 
came and stood before Peter, showing them the good works of Dorcas. Now hear me. The Bible never indicated before that time. Widow means a lot of them had lost their husbands and their wives. But the church never called on Peter to come and pray. But when Dorcas died, the church refused to bury Dorcas and call for Peter to come. I'm going somewhere with my message today. If we want power, that word bringing all the tithe that there might be meat in my house, that meat is revelation and spiritual power that overrides the enemy and secure lives. Overrides the enemy, secures lives and will do for us what money can do. And in the times of trouble and emergency, we can run to the storehouse and there will always be deliverance and there will be healing and there will be divine escape. And hear me. The reason why God said bring the tithes 10% and not 12, not 9, not 11, is because the number 10 is a number of wholeness and 10 also means lacking nothing, wanting nothing. So what does that mean? It means that whenever you tithe on all your possession, your personal goods, your personal income, and corporate tithes, your company, your business, whenever you tithe on that, hear me, because Satan controls the systems of this world, and he's the God of the world and the God of money, Mammon. Mammon is not money, he's the God of money. And because he controls everything, whenever you give God the 10%, ladies and gentlemen, what you do is, the 10 sanctifies the 90. And God is under obligation to protect the 90 against the devourer when you have given him the 10. He can only protect the 90 that you've tied on. What you don't tie on, you can be a child of God, but he's not under obligation to protect it. I'm telling you. You better hear me. Go to Luke 18, 12. I want to give you something. I want to lay this foundation before I begin to fire for some few minutes. Luke 18 and 12. I fast twice. I fast twice in, in the week. week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Tithe of some. Tithe of. Talk to me. Tithe of. That includes business, investments, anything. Tithe of all. So you can't hold, you can't hide anything. 10% of all belongs to the house of God. I'm telling you. And if everybody will fulfill this, you see, this is New Testament. But this guy was saying that I fast twice a week. People fasted on the Old Testament. Are we still fasting today? How many of you fast today? New Testament, but you are fasting. So why is it that we accept fasting under the New Testament, but we reject tithing under the New Testament? And when it comes to tithing too, we tithe on some that is convenient, but we don't tithe on the ones that we feel like it's too much for the house. It's too much. I can't tithe on this. Hey, this time. And I've seen people who have told me they struggle to tithe when they are blessed. They struggle to tithe when they are blessed. They become very stingy and they hold back. And the enemy will strike them with all their secret investment and monies. And there is nothing we can do about it. And I will never attempt to confound the devourer when you are not a tither. I can't do it. I endanger myself. I will not engage the enemy on your behalf because you are a member of my church if you are not fulfilling 
all righteousness. It is required of us to tithe on all our possessions. Whatever they are, whatever it came from, it is mandatory that you tithe on it. Number two, the Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture, Old or New Testament, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So we can't give any excuses why we should hold back on some and give some. Then we are not also allowed to divide the tithes. Send some to Prophet B, Prophet A, this orphanage, that church, that place. You can't divide your tithe. All the tithe comes to the storehouse where you are fed spiritually. Malachi. It's very, very clear. And then hear me. You can't also use your tithe to pay your children's school fees or your light bill. All the tithes are the Lord's. And if you do, you have to pay 20% when you are paying back the tithes. There are serious situations here. And I've watched a lot of Christians over the years in this church and in other places. And I've dealt with people who go to other churches. I pray for them and I tell them, send the tithe to your church. That is where you are fed. You can bring me an offering, but don't bring your tithe to me. Take your tithe to your church. And don't think that if you divide your tithe and you share your tithe all over the place, you, are going to, you will not be blessed. And hear me, until you fulfill all righteousness, God is not under obligation to fight certain battles for you. And I'll show you why I'm telling you all of this. As we go ahead, you understand. Turn your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, reading from the 28th verse of Isaiah, the 40th chapter. Ladies and gentlemen, hear ye the word of God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the Write earth. Write that. Underline the word everlasting God. That is the guy you are waiting on. You see, you are not waiting on the archbishop. You are not waiting on a politician. If you are waiting on man, you can be disappointed. Not even your wife or your husband. Your father or your mother. You are waiting on somebody who cannot fail. Tell somebody, God cannot fail. Ladies and gentlemen, you are dealing with the everlasting God. The everlasting father, the prince of peace. His name is Faithful. That's one of his names, faithfulness. The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. Go ahead. Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? The creator of the ends of the earth, he created all things. And it is a privilege, ladies and gentlemen, when he tells you, wait on me. Wait. Tell somebody, wait. And wait doesn't mean sit down, fold your hand, go to sleep, do nothing. Wait means be in expectancy. Are you hearing me, somebody? Or in anticipation of something good and great that is about to happen. I don't know what you feel, but I feel. And I am in an anticipation of the manifestation of the promise that there will be a performance of everything God has told me and I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If you believe it, say yes. Are you in anticipation? Because what the devil wants to do is to make sure that you are just there having no expectation, not being in anticipation of anything, just living anyway, anyhow, getting discouraged, getting weary, quitting, giving up on life, don't go to church, staying in bed, having excuses and reasons why you don't feel anything when you come to church anymore and you start having problems with the ushers and I don't like how they handle me, where they told me to sit, what is wrong with these people, forget it. You know, when I went to church, when I got born again, I was so desperate for God, eh? 
Some of you, you get discouraged over everything. You're offended about everything. You are hurt about everything. You don't come to church because of this. You are sad. Listen, you are not serious. If you really want God, eh? Nobody, no usher, not even archbishop, nobody can stand between you and God. Even when I'm sick, I carry myself to the church. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh-huh. The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not. He fainteth not. God never gives up on you and I. There's never a day when God gets tired of loving you and I. Never. It doesn't matter how wrong you are. How bad. And I'm praying, those of you who have been here surrender, I'm praying that you surrender in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. God fainted not, neither is weary. He's not weary. And there is no searching of his understanding. No searching of his understanding. You can never get it all. You can never know it all. Go ahead. He giveth power to the faint. He giveth power to those who faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Those who don't have might, he gives them increase of strength. Even the youth <laughs> shall faint and that be weary. Even the youth, the young folks, the young guys, the young guys. Let me sing you a song. When the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, dwells, dwells in you. When the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal body by the spirit that dwells in you. It shall quicken your mortal body by the spirit that dwells in you. So I am not moving by physical energy. I am operating by supernatural current. Are you hearing me, somebody? That quickens my mortal body and gives me divine capabilities. See, I hear you. Go ahead. And the young men shall utterly fall. The young men will utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord uh-huh. shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of This is heavy. Bishop, Bishop, take it easy. Take it easy. Take, you, are, you are moving too fast. This, 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 is, the, this is the dessert. Uh-huh. You hear me? He said, but those that wait, and the word wait here don't mean sleep. You don't mean here go to sleep. Just sit there, sit there, sit there. No, 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 no. What it means is be in anticipation for a change, for a breakthrough, for a miracle. How many of you are in expectancy of something? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. There is change in the atmosphere. There is change in the horizon. If you believe it, say yes. You, you, you know why? You know why some of you get discouraged? You know why the enemy wants you to be weary and tired? Because he knows that as for the manifestation, he can't stop it. But he wants you to miscarry. He wants you to abort your miracle. Self-destruction, self-sabotage. That just before the miracle happened, you get weary, you get discouraged. Every time I have been discouraged, every time I have been weary for the past 39 years of being in the Lord, the next thing after that, the next event was always a breakthrough. 
I'm telling you. You know what I said? Anytime, anytime I was frustrated, impatient, frustrated, impatient, weary, tired, discouraged, and decided to throw in the towel and to quit and to give up on something, just immediately after that situation, the next event in my life was a major breakthrough and a turnaround. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. And let me submit to you, whether it's about your children, it's about your marriage, it's about your husband, it's about your investment, it's about your health, whatever it is, believe me, believe me, that discouragement, frustration, weariness, this act of being tired and fatigue is a prophetic indication that you are closer to your breakthrough than you have ever been. And the Bible says, if you faint not, you shall reap. And the only thing that will cause you not to reap is for you to faint. And discouragement is sabotage. To be frustrated, to be angry, to be impatient is all elements of sabotage that Satan deploys, deploys and uses them to stop you from inheriting the promise. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Go ahead. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. How can waiting, if you think that waiting is sleeping and doing nothing, how can you mount up with wings as eagles if waiting is doing nothing? Waiting doesn't mean don't do anything. Waiting means keep doing what you are used to doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't stop tightening. Don't hold back in difficult times. Don't stop the praying. Don't stop fasting. Don't stop coming to the evening services. Don't stop the Wednesday service. Don't stop reading your Bible. Don't stop living for God. Don't stop taking a stand for God. Don't quit. Don't leave the church. Don't backslide. Don't get angry. Don't get hurt. Don't get offended. Keep doing the right thing. Because one of these days, delayers are not deniers. And the Bible said, in his time, he makes all things beautiful. Are you hearing me, somebody? When it's time, he may not come at the time you need him. Because I've seen people say, Papa, 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 Papa. If God doesn't come, I'm finished. If God doesn't come for me today, I'm finished, I'm finished. And I tell them, no, you're not finished. And I see them the next day and they are still not finished. So you might think you are finished, but God knows you are not finished. Are you hearing me, somebody? So you are panicking. You are afraid. But God knows the outcome. God knows the end result. And he knows you are capable. And you have what it takes. And you are up to it. And you can handle it. So God is working out his purposes through that time that you are waiting. And waiting don't mean fold your hands in and do nothing. Waiting means keep running. Keep walking. Do something. Keep doing the right thing. Because one of these days, the reward is going to come. Are you hearing me? Say yes. Job said, for all the days of my appointed time, I will wait till my change comes. And he that must come will come. All the days of my appointed time. Let me explain that to you. My gentleman, come here. Yeah, with a gold tie. Thank God for gold. Amen. So this guy, he comes to see me. Face me. Don't face them. Face me. I called him. He wants to see me. Eh? You want to see me? Good. Wait. I'll be with you. Wait. And he's standing there. And I'm preaching. And he's still there. 
After a while, go sit down. I didn't ask him to sit down. He decided to sit down. Why? Because he doesn't appreciate the value. He doesn't understand the value and the reward in waiting on me. Even though he knows I'm capable of doing something about his situation. And yet, he can't wait. He can't wait. So he goes and sits down. I feel disrespected. I feel dishonored. I feel, you know, humiliated. And I feel like he don't believe me. And he doesn't have time to wait for me. So he doesn't deserve what he wants from me. If you can't wait on me, then you don't deserve what you want from me. Tell somebody, that is the way you treat God. That is the way you treat God. That's the way you treat God. You go to see a doctor. Come, chief, come. He has a problem. He needs a doctor's intervention. I'm the doctor. I give him an appointment for 10 o'clock. He's on time. He comes at 10. I want you to come, my nurse. You are my nurse. He comes at 10. I'm in my office. My nurse goes to him and gives him a form to fill. Yeah, give him the form. Fill the form. <laughs> fill the form. Take your pen. Write something. After you finish writing, no, let him write. Let him write. Yeah, fill the form. I need some information about your history, your family history, everything. You finish filling the form, give it to my nurse. My nurse takes the form, she brings the forms to me. Thank you. The nurse is sitting down, he's still standing there. The appointment time was 10 o'clock. It is his time to see me, but it's not his turn. There's another patient, there's another patient in my office that I'm taking care of. And at the same time, I'm reviewing the history of his life by studying what he wrote on the form. So that when he meets me, I will understand, I have a better understanding and appreciation of what I'm dealing with. So it is his time, but it's not his time. It's like you are traveling with British Airways. Take off time to Accra is 2 p.m. And at 2 p.m., the plane leaves the terminal. And it goes right there, ready to take off at 2. But there are other aircrafts ahead of you. So it is your time, but it's not your turn. When it's your turn, the captain will say, flight attendant, please be seated. And it's our turn to take off. So it can be your time, and it's not your turn. Now, you can be a woman, but unless you be, until you become a wife, you are not qualified to marry. And if you marry as a woman and not a wife, you will trouble your man. And if you are a boy and you haven't been developed to become a man and you marry, you will trouble your wife. Because the Bible says, for this cause shall a man, not a boy. Boys are dependent. Men are independent. Boys marry for passion, for looks, for charm, for beauty, for sex. Men marry for a purpose. And the Bible said, 
The Bible says, he that finds a wife, he didn't say he that finds a girl or he that finds a beautiful woman. So every mother and every father must prepare their daughters before they marry. Hmm? So this man is still standing. It is his turn. But you know why he's not worried about waiting? He doesn't mind waiting because he needs me. I have something he needs and he wants. And he knows I'm capable and he trusts me and he believes me. So he has to wait. He won't pick his call. No phone calls are allowed in my office. He waits till it's time for me to call him. And when he comes, he's very happy to see me. Oh, hi, doctor. He's very happy. He's in anticipation. Has an expectation. Want to know what's going on with his body. Why he's not feeling fine. Why he can't sleep. He wants some answers. So he's willing to wait. Please be seated. Are you willing to wait on the Lord? Church, are you willing to wait? You see, what the enemy is doing is, is attacking your expectancy. He doesn't want you to be in anticipation. He wants you to serve God without an expectation. He wants you to give up on your confidence. You are serving God, but you are not expecting anything. And if you are not expecting anything, you don't get anything. I'm telling you. The Bible says, for be sure of this, to everything there is an end, and the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. So you must maintain your expectation in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the temptation, in the midst of all the misrepresentation, the stigmatization, and the, the disappointment, the setback, the frustration, the discouragement, and everything you are dealing with, you got to still maintain your expectation that your God, one of these days, will come through for you. You have to. You have to expect it. You have to believe. No matter what. Go ahead. Shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. How? You see? You see? Wait on the Lord. Run. So you, what the Bible is saying here is, it doesn't matter what's going on. If you are waiting on God and you are in great anticipation that God will come through. Keep running. Don't stop running. Some of you, you stop running when you are discouraged. And the Bible is saying, don't stop running. Because even in the midst of all that you are dealing with, keep running and you will not be weary. You will not be weary. Don't stop running. Keep running. Go ahead. And they shall walk and not faint. Keep walking. That's what keep walking. Keep walking. Get up for a minute. Take a step or two. Let's get up. Take a step or two and sit down again. Let's take a step or two. That's it, that's it, that's it. Take a step or two. Uh -huh. See, see, I refuse to faint. See, I refuse to faint. I refuse to faint. You can sit down. Take a step or two and sit down. I cannot faint. I cannot faint. I can't give up. I cannot quit. I cannot be offended. I cannot be hurt. He said, he said, they shall walk and not what? They shall walk and not faint. Run and not be weary. Run and not be weary. So run. Tell somebody, run. My mama, you're not hearing me say, run, run. Tell somebody, keep running, keep running. Don't be distracted. Don't stop running. Keep running. You can't stop running. You can't stop doing the right thing because times are tough and times are difficult. There is always a reward. Always a reward for whatever we do, good or bad. There's always a reward. It's a law. When it rains, an atheist 
can have a seat on the ground who don't believe in God. And a believer who believes in God and loves God can say, me, I don't believe in sowing seed. I don't believe in sowing and reaping. I love God. And the rain will fall on the seed of the atheists. And during the harvest, the one who don't believe in God and don't love God will have a harvest. And the one who believes in God and loves God will be without a harvest. And that's why when you go to Abu Dhabi or Oman or you go to some of these Arabs countries during the time of Ramadan, all the shops are closed. Nobody is selling. It don't matter how much you bring, you don't want your money. Because you understand that it's not how many hours they open their shops or work that guarantees their success. It is their obedience to the workings of their religions and the demands of the covenant of their religion that determines their physical success. But Christians, we play with God because of grace. We play with God. We play with the covenant. So when we are in need and we are in crisis, we don't have the courage and the audacity to cry out because we are always in default, in error. Because we never do what God requires of us. We are always finding excuses not to do what God requires of us according to the covenant. Covenant is a two-way thing. You do this and I do that. And God is not an obligation to bless us because we love him. But we are children of God. There are covenants, privileges, and responsibilities of the covenant. If we fulfill the responsibility of the covenant, God is under obligation to do his side. And I've seen people who are not believers, Jews, Muslims. And other people from other religions who don't believe what we believe. They're not born again. But they are working in covenant blessings. And sometimes I question God and I say, why? And he said, he said when I send the rain, it comes, it shines on the good and the bad. When, when the sun appears, it appears on the good and the bad. It is my covenant. Whoever works with it, receives it. But the matter of eternal life and salvation is a different matter. So you can be a believer and be broke and struggle in this life and go to heaven. And the believer will make it big, the unbeliever will make it big time and go to hell. But as long as both of you live on earth, it is your obedience to the responsibilities of the covenant that determines whether you work in the privileges and in the benefits of the covenant. So don't just think because you're a child of God and you love God, you're a pastor, God is under obligation to bless you. No, he's not. And I tell my pastors and my bishop that you can be a bishop and be broke. And a pastor and be broke. If you just think that because you are anointed and you are a bishop, God should bless you. God is not under obligation to bless you. There are requirements. There are obligations. Responsibilities of a covenant. And if you fulfill it, God is under obligation according to his covenant. I'm telling you. He said, you mount up with wings. Like an eagle. Somebody cry out and say an eagle. I can't hear you. Say an eagle. The eagle is a very interesting bird. I found out some things about the eagle. The eagle makes love in the air. Interesting. They make love in the air. That's the eagle. That's where they make love. In high altitudes. 30,000 feet above sea level. They give birth to their children on top of mountains, not in valleys. The eagle is a very patient bird. Very, very patient. And one of the reasons why it's patient, you see the wings, this side of the wing is nine feet long. This side is nine feet long. 
and it's heavy and he can't use it. So it has to always wait and ride on the back of strong winds. And many wings, a lot of winds comes and go, but it has to wait for that particular wind with a strong current that it can ride on the back of that wind or storm without using its wings. Other than that, it will die prematurely. And when the eagle is about 30 years old, it becomes old again. It loses its feathers and everything. It goes into hiding into the rocks and it will stay in the mountain for five months to grow new feathers. And after that five months, when it grows new feathers and it comes out, it lives for 40 to 50 more years after five months of waiting and growing new wings. Five months guarantees 40 to 50 years. You know why Christians are struggling? It's because we are not eagles. The eagle soars in the midst of storms. The eagle needs the storm to soar. What destroys other birds gives the eagle an advantage. Waiting on the Lord means to be in great expectation. Be in anticipation that you will embrace your miracle. And for you single sisters, be in anticipation that you will meet and embrace Mr. Wright. Are you hearing me? Your boss is on the way. But you have to keep believing. You have to keep expecting. Don't accept the situation you are in that this is the way it's going to be. Keep your expectation alive. I said keep it alive. Somebody say alive. Keep your dreams alive. Keep your visions alive because one of these days is going to come through and you will forget how long you waited, I'm telling you. A lot of people tell me they are waiting, but they are not expecting anything. That's the problem. You're waiting, but your expectation has been sabotaged. You're tired. If I listen to people's confession and what they say, I know that they are not going anywhere and they have no expectations of anything. They are not expecting anything. They are not in anticipation of anything. But I'm telling you, I refuse to let my circumstances detect my expectations. The Bible says, when men are cast down, then shall thou say, there is a lifting up. Somebody say, there is a lifting up, a lifting up. I see your business lifted up. I see your investment lifted up. I see your family lifted up. I see your dreams lifted up. I see your vision lifted up. Be lifted. You know what I mean? It's not going to be the same forever. I'm telling you. You know what I mean? I know what it means. I've seen this God perform wonders. Don't let anybody deceive you. The Bible says God has taken the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. You know why God does that? So that he will take the glory. Because God is not interested in your abilities. He's interested in your availability. Because God is the source of intelligence and wisdom and brilliance and intellectual capabilities and everything. So your, your education don't impress God. Are you hearing me somebody? How smart you don't impress God. God is smarter and intelligent and brilliant than every one of us. So God said, I give brilliance. I 
wisdom. I give intelligence. But what I want is somebody, somebody who is available. And I will use anybody. God said, I will even use a donkey when prophets are compromised and refuse to obey me. I will use donkeys. I will open the mouth of donkeys to prophesy and the eyes of donkeys to see angels. It's in the Bible. Donkey saw an angel and the donkey was prophesying. When the prophet was beating the donkey and the donkey said, prophet, you are to, supposed to see and to prophesy. You have refused to see. You've refused to prophesy. I'm seeing a prophesy you are beating me. What have I done? It's in the Bible. Read it. You see it. But Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. The Bible said, in his time, he make all things beautiful. Hear me. Do you know God can reverse aging? Especially for the women, God can reverse aging. When he said, in his time, he makes all things what? Beautiful. Hey, just keep expecting. Be in expectancy and in anticipation. Because one of these days, when he shows up, even your body looks will change. He will reverse aging. People will look at this. Hey, I, I, you are a queer. What did you do? I'm telling you. That is God. He makes all things beautiful. I, can, can I prophesy to you? Okay. I prophesy by divine authority. Calling on heaven and earth to be a witness this day. That there is a moment coming in your life. When you will forget all the years you have to wait for. The times you have to wait for. The pain, the disappointment, the betrayal and the sorrows and the sacrifices you had to go through. I see a time coming and I command it to be expedited. I command an acceleration of that time that there shall be a performance of the word of the Lord in your life. That everything shall be made so beautiful that men and women will stand in awe of you and they will not believe what they are saying about you. If you believe it, just give God praise. Sit down for two minutes. Come with me to Hebrews 10 36. Hebrews 10 36. For you have need of patience uh -huh. that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You see where the problem is? It's not that you are not doing the will of God. You're doing the will of God. You are doing all that God requires of you, requires of you. I'm telling you. You know, don't let your temporal circumstances. And what you are dealing with today determine your direction for the future. Because weeping endures for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. May your joy come tomorrow morning. As you wake up tomorrow morning, let God send a miracle your way. Let God blow your mind. Let God change the story of your life and change the circumstances of your life. Anything that has been withheld, I command it to be released in the name of Jesus. Any blessing that has been blocked, I command it to be unblocked right now. Anyone holding a blessing that belongs to you, I command such a one to release it. Release it. Release. 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 Release it now. Say, I unblock my blessings. Say, I unblock my financial channels by divine authority. Say, I command a divine recovery, recovery, recovery. Say, I recover all, I recover. Open your mouth and say, I recover, I recover. I recover my fortunes. I command restoration of my lost fortunes. I recover all my fortunes. Say, I command and decree a recovery of 
every lost fortune. I see every lost fortunes restored. Say, Father, I promise from today, and I call heaven and earth to be a witness that I will not withhold the portion of your house. I will not divide it. I will not divert it. I will not be greedy. I will not be stingy. I will not withhold what belongs to you and your house. But I will tithe of all my possessions. I will tithe of all that you bless me with. And I'm going to begin from right now. Right now. Watch God. Can I tell you? Next week by this time. Next week by this time. You will see God turn your circumstances around. You will see God blow your mind. And will prove to you that he's faithful and he's God. All things are possible to him that believeth. Do you believe? If you believe, shout, I believe. Sit down for two minutes. Sit down for two minutes. You see, if by the time the doctor is ready for you, and he calls you to come in because it's your turn, and the nurse tells the doctor, I'm sorry, he left. It's your loss, not his. You still go home sick. You still go home with an un un unanswered questions on your mind. You still go home confused, not knowing what's going on in your body. Because you couldn't wait to have understanding of what you're dealing with. The Bible says, he that believeth shall not be in haste. Don't take things into your hand. Don't be in haste. Don't run away. Don't leave church. Don't quit. Don't say, I'm tired of praying. Someone said, do you know how long I've been praying? Do you know how long I've been praying? I've been praying for 39 years about some things. I still haven't seen the manifestation. 39 years. Bishop Nyaku will tell you. Still praying over things. <laughs> but I, I, I still have an expectation. I'm still in anticipation that I will see the vengeance of my God in the land of the living. I will see the vindication of my God in the land of the living. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I don't care what men expect of me. You know, in the book of Acts chapter 13, 40 men came together and vowed. And they fast and prayed that Paul would die. And I know that a lot of people don't wish me well. But it's their problem. And it doesn't bother me at all. Because any wish they have for me, towards me and my family, it will backfire. Somebody say backfire. Somebody say back, 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 backfire. And don't even wish me ill. Because I won't just let it backfire. I will send it to you a thousandfold. Because you sow what you reap. And whenever you sow, you reap more than you sow. So whatever you sow, I will, I will multiply what you sow a thousand times and return it to you by the law of sowing and reaping. It's simple. He said, you have need of what? Patience. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive what the promise was. This is the problem. Between doing the will of God, fulfilling all righteousness, and receiving the promise, which is the manifestation, between here and there is where the problem is. And so many people miss it. They get hurt, offended, discouraged, weary, tired. They quit. They give up, confused. And so they never arrive at the place of receiving the promise. Even though God cannot lie. They don't. They faint. He said, you have need of patience, steadfastness, endurance, staying power, being relentless. 
and say, God, no matter what, I'm holding on. Tell somebody, hold on. Tell somebody, hold on. Hold on a little longer. Just hold on, hold on, hold on. I know you are tired, but hold on. It's like a woman after nine months, you go to deliver after all the sufferings and everything you've been through. You go to the labor ward and you say you are tired. Not that time. You can't be tired. It's time for show. That's the real show. You need to push. That's the time you need to push. You can't be weary at the time of the breakthrough. And what Satan does, anytime you get discouraged, is the time of the breakthrough. And he wants you to be weary. He wants you to quit. He wants you to give up. You know, the best prayers eh, I've seen answered in my life are prayers I pray when I was most tired, most weak, discouraged, vulnerable, disappointed, offended, hurt. And I push through my pain and push through the offense and push through the discouragement and the weariness and the fatigue. And I prayed even when my body was sleeping. Sometimes I'll be praying and I'm sleeping. Praying, sleeping. I'm in between sleeping and praying. Those prayers work than everything else. Because God requires sacrifice. And anything that is a sacrifice is precious in the sight of God. I'm telling you. We know you are blessed by that word of God. And look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books and messages, please visit NDW Ministries Online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven three six one five one 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 once again thank you for joining the archbishop today and may you continue to experience the life transforming power of god's blessings <laughs>